helps you put the kid in the car and they shut the door and you're like, you're not coming with me? You know, like we, we still need you, you know, and, and they just shut the door and they just send you on your way with a human being, right? And it's just this intimidating thing. But we started reading and studying and there was a great book I read by Andy Stanley and two quotes that came from it, two of my favorite when it comes to thoughts on parenting, but also investing in people. The first one is this, your greatest contribution... Is it, is it, we got, we got, all right, your greatest contribution to the kingdom of God may not be something you do, but someone you praise. And so the idea is your greatest contribution to the world, to the kingdom, may not be actually something you do as an individual, but someone that you actually raise. Because when we invest in our kids, we're also investing in a future, not only for them, but also for other people potentially. And then, and then my favorite one when it comes to parenting, um, but this can apply to other areas, but I'm going to apply it to parenting right here, is this quote. He says this. Don't give up. We got this quote. Don't give up what's unique to you for something someone else will do. Now, the reason I love this quote when it comes to parenting is this. When we think about parenting on whatever level that you find yourself in that, um, there are so many other titles that you will carry in life. There are so many roles you play. Almost everything you do, someone else will eventually come along and do. The almost only unique role that you have is mom or dad to that child. Every job you ever have, someone will eventually come along and replace you. Every team you've ever coached, someone will eventually come along and replace you. I mean, you can give 50 years to a business. They give you a watch, a cake. You come back on Monday, your desk is cleared, and somebody else is there. But the idea of being a parent to that child is one of the only unique roles that you will carry. And so we should take that seriously. The other thing I want to say is this. As we talk um, today, um, I want you to understand I do not think of myself as an expert. Um, I am not. Um, I will tell you some qualifications I have to speak on parenting. Uh, I've been student ministry for middle school and high schoolers for about 10 years. Uh, I worked with all hundreds and hundreds of middle school and high school students over the years, dealt with all kinds of situations, all kinds of families. I mean, if you can, if you can imagine a teenage drama, I was brought into the middle of it, I promise you. Um, and so I dealt with that for 10 years. In the last 10 years, I've been pastoring to adults. I've counseled with every kind of person, every type of family situation you can imagine. Um, some of you are in this room. I just won't look at you, but you know who you are, right? I mean, we, we've been the rounds because parenting is hard. Family can be hard. Um, now I'm the parent of two kids, a nine-year-old and a seven-year-old this week who turned seven this week. Um, and so I've been doing parenting for a while. And maybe my most important qualification is I watch a whole lot of Bluey. I don't know if you guys do, but I watch a lot of Bluey. And so I've learned more about parenting, watching that little dog and bingo than anything. And so... Um, so here's the challenge. Um, we talk about it like this. Obviously, some of us may never be parents or desire that or can't, and, and very, I understand that, and we're very sensitive to that. Um, but some of us in this room, we have parents who are babies, preschoolers, children, middle schoolers, high schoolers, college. Some of you have em your empty nesters. Aren't those the days, right? You empty nesters, and you have your home back and, and all that thing. And some of you, I mean, you could parent circles around me, so I'm not trying to give you advice about any of that stuff. Um, but here's what I want to do. I want to talk about Three ideas and three handles that will apply to us as individuals, but also applies to us when we think about our parenting. And these are three important things. Now, one of the trends that we see in culture, and there's a lot of studies being done about this and a lot of conversations going on about this, so it's not just my opinion here, um, is that we've created a culture for our children where we um, are very experience rich. And so what that means is, is that we want our kids to experience a lot. And so we take a lot of trips, we get them involved in a lot of clubs, a lot of sports, we do all that stuff, and none of that in and of itself is bad or wrong. Um, but what happens is, a lot of times in our families, 
is because we want them to experience all of these things, some of them are things that we never got to experience because the opportunity wasn't there, the finances weren't there, whatever the situation, we want them to experience so much. And so what ends up happening is we're constantly going. You guys know what I'm talking about? You have that lifestyle, that schedule, because we do, where every single night of the week, there's something we have to get to, there's something we have to do, and then we want to be like, oh, but then there's next season. Well, no, there's not next season, because next season, this pops up, and then there's this constant go, 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 and go, and there's nothing wrong with that. But what happens sometimes is we err on the side, if we get them enough experiences, everything's going to be okay, but we never stop and take the time to ask the question, but what about their relationships? Primarily, their relationship with us as their parents. Sometimes we can get so busy, and because we're constantly in the car together, we think we're having a good relationship with our kids. But when was the last time we talked to them? When was the last time we had a meal that wasn't through a drive through because we got to get to this practice and this thing and this thing? And so think about that. Like, are we investing in our kids relationally? And this is a really important thing to talk about because here's the thing. Experiences are great, and we should give experiences to our kids. But here's what we know about us as adults. If you cannot create and maintain, sustain healthy and mature relationships as an adult, your quality of life goes down, doesn't it? And so if we don't give our kids the tools to when they're in their 30s, 40s, and 50s, the ability to develop mature and healthy relationships— because that's what we need in life, right? Mature and healthy relationships. That which will help us become successful. That's what gives meaning to life. That's what allows us to contribute to our communities that we find ourselves in. Is the ability to create these relationships. Experience is great. We should give our kids experiences. But how are we dialing in the relational dial? And are we making this a focus? The other thing that can happen, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but, but, but here's the thing. Sometimes we base our success as parents, on how good of sports they are, what their GPA is, right, what clubs they're involved in, what college they're going to get into. And I'm not saying you shouldn't push your kids to be the best that they can be. We all need that. But we often gauge how successful we are as parents based on those things, and we never stop to monitor and grade ourselves on the depth and maturity of the relationships in their life. And we know as adults, if you cannot maintain healthy, mature relationships, it sets you up for not a good experience, not only in marriage, but also in business and in friendships. Now, the pushback immediately is when someone gets on stage and starts talking about parenting, and especially giving you unsolicited parenting advice, we get a little defensive, don't we? And some of you are already, I'm already saying things that you're a little bit defensive about, right? And the reason is, is because it's so personal, right? How about this, moms? How many of you guys love when some other mom comes up to you and tells you what you should do with your kids? That's a good conversation, isn't it? Right? No, nobody wants to be in that conversation. In fact, you have to show restraint not to punch her in the face, right? I mean, it's just one of those things. Now, <clears throat> the other thing is this. We should open ourselves to the conversation because some of us as parents, here's what we think. We think because I was a kid, I know how to raise a kid, right? Okay? Now, if you hear that and you're like, yeah, of course, I was a kid, I know how to raise a kid. Anybody with teenagers already know that doesn't work, does it? Right? Just because you have a teenager does not mean you're prepared to raise a teenager. I mean, it's like saying, I had surgery once, so now I'm ready to perform a surgery. Right? <laughs> not the same thing at all. And so we have to open ourselves up to some of these conversations. Now, here are, here are the dials I want us to look at. Because here's the thing. 
pretty much the sum total of our life can be kind of put into kind of three categories. And here's what they are. The three kind of things. There's a slide for it. Your life is made up of relationships you have, experiences that you've had, and decisions you've made. That is your whole life, by the way. Right there in three little dots. Kind of disappointing, isn't it? Right? But that's your life. Your life is a sum total of relationships that you have, experiences that you've had, and decisions that you've made. Now, not only is that the sum total of your life, but it's also going to be the sum total of your children's lives. And so to look at that and to look at that list and see how much that stuff leans on relationship. And so here are the dials. Your relationship with your parents, so the relationship they have with us, the relationship or lack of relationship they have with God and their faith, and then their relationship with people outside their home, including their friends and other adults you allow to invest in your kids. These are the three things that we have to monitor as parents. Their relationship with us, their relationship or lack of relationship with God, and their relationship with people outside of your home. Now, this is really important because here's the thing. As a parent, and you're going to hate this, but it's true, you cannot control your kids. And I don't mean like they're out of control at a restaurant and you can't control them. What I mean is this. You cannot control everything they experience. You cannot control every decision they make, right? And so the goal is not control. The goal is the parent for relationship so that you have influence when those things come up, that you have influence over your kids. Because here's the thing. There is coming a day where you can't control. See, I can control my kids right now because I can pick them up and move them where I want to move them. (laughs) One day they're going to be big enough they can pick up my wife and easily move her wherever they want to move her, right? And so there comes a day where you can't just control, 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 right? That doesn't work. And you want, as a parent, to have influence over your kids when those tough things come up. And if the only time that you parent is when it comes to discipline and control, you're not going to have the influence. And so I want to dive into this conversation. But to help me, I want to bring up the best mother that I know, and that is my wife, Jamie Willis. And so she's going to come up and join us. So give it up for her because she's really, yeah, yay. You've heard me tell lots of stories about her, but here she is. And so she's a wonderful person and the nicest person I know. All right, so uh, to dive in, we're going to look at a couple Bible verses when it comes to parenting um, and the relationship they have with us and kind of one of the goals. And so we're going to look at these verses. The verse is in Proverbs 22, 6, and it says this. Start children off when they are, oh, sorry, start children off on the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. So it's this idea of you're establishing, you're influencing, you're investing in your kids from an early age, and so you're kind of getting on this path that's going to help them later in life. But then... Later, like uh, the writer of Ephesians doubles down and says this, and this is a really important verse. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in training and instruction in the Lord. This is all about influence. This is about influencing your kids, giving them the tools they need to be successful, investing in them relationally so that you can help keep them on a path. Now, one thing I do want to talk about before I let Jamie kind of share some thoughts is this. I love this verse, fathers, do not exasperate your children. Now, the word exasperate, in case you're not familiar with it, is kind of like the same word that we would use for, like, don't frustrate your children. Now, the literal word that they use when they use this in the Greek is kind of comes from the idea of a stop. So you're wanting to maintain relationship with your kids. Don't do something that's going to stop the influence, stop the relationship so that you can't have influence in these other ways. 
Now, the reason this is important, and, and I've done this to my kids at times. It's not a consistent thing in my life, but I've also seen this in years of counseling. We can get really frustrated with our kids, right? Yeah? And it can be a really hard thing. And what happens sometimes is we get frustrated, and so we say things, well, like, my kids really frustrate me. But here's the thing. Maybe the reason they frustrate you is because you frustrate them. And so now you're in this circle. And you're like, well, I don't like that idea. Well, no, here's the thing. Sometimes they're frustrated because you're, they're frustrated at you and don't know what you're wanting them to do or how to help them. And the question is, okay, so here's the thing. If this frustration thing comes up and they're frustrated at you, but you're frustrated at them, here's the question. Who's the adult in this situation? And so as the adult, you need to diffuse the situation to figure out a way so that you can still maintain relationship and to help teach them. See, the ultimate goal of dis discipline is not punishment. The ultimate goal of discipline is restoration of the relationship, that we've worked through whatever the problem is and we're able to do that. So um, we make sure we're nurturing our kids, influencing our kids, um, and that should be the goal is relationship. Now, from your perspective, um, what do you say about that? So uh, at our house, that's just a big thing is that we really focus on relationships with our kids. Um, my parents, I feel like, did this well. My mom's like my BFF. Um, so if you have parents that did this well, then you're lucky because you got that modeled for you. But I know we didn't all get that. So um, one thing that stands out to me is I have a friend, and um, her kids are grown now. And she told us a story one time, though, about her son came in and had pierced his ear. And she was like, what did you do? And um, she was, you know, you, this is not okay, and we're not going to have this. And he stopped her and said, Mom, do you really care that I pierced my ear? Or are you worried what other people are going to think about you? So, of course, she's like, oh, man, that just gets you. And I think that's something I catch myself doing. And I know um, I've talked with other people that when you're a parent um, or in any role that you're in, you worry how other people are going to think you're doing. And so I think it's really important when you think about relationship with your kids, why are you saying the things you're saying? Why are you enforcing the things you're enforcing or not enforcing? Or is it because it's what's best for them or are you worried about, is anybody going to judge me and how I parent? So I think um, just keeping that in sight of why do I do what I do? I mean, the other thing we've talked about is, uh, I don't know if you all have this experience, but our house, there are moments where everything is like chaos and our house is a mess and somebody's not doing what they're supposed to. And my first instinct is to be like, Jeremy, if you would have done this. And he'll have to be like, we're on the same team. Um, I need that reminder. And I think that that's really important to remember when you're parenting. And even if you're not still married, that you're still parenting together and that you can work to a place where you agree on how to parent and what's best for your kid. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's hard with that. I mean, I think that sometimes when you get in the heat of the moment, it's easy to blame um, versus the idea of realizing, hey, we have the same goal. We want to invest in our kids. We want a relationship with our kids. Um, the other thing that we talk about, too, is like when it comes to discipline. So she works in a school. I, I do what I do as a living. And so we see lots of examples, good and bad examples of this. Um, but when it comes to discipline, and discipline's an important part and, and all that stuff, and I'm not going to tell you how to discipline your kids or when, um, but if the only technique you have is discipline, okay, there comes a point when that doesn't work, does it, right? And there comes a point where, listen, um, they don't have to listen to you. They don't have to take your advice anymore. They, they don't have to do what you say. There comes a point when they eventually, a lot of us, our kids get bigger than us, right? And, and so even if you, you 
can't do anything like that. And the, but the biggest thing that we talk about when it comes to that is not, it's the influence we have. And part of that is this. Our goal as parents is that when our kids don't have to be around us, and there is a day coming when if your kids want to shut you out, they can shut you out. When your kids don't have to be around us, they want to be around us. They want it because we've invested in a relationship with them. They appreciate the influence that we have over them. And so they want to kind of be a part of our life. Because here's the thing, and some of you guys know this. As adults, if you don't want to be around your parents, you don't have to. And you don't have to let your parents influence the decisions you're making. And so we want to make sure that we're building relationships. And even when it comes to discipline, we're doing it in a way that restoration is restored in the relationship, um, that we're on the same team. Um, You guys know this. It can be really easy for the kids to pit us against each other. You guys know that? And so as soon as we feel that, we just shut it down. Like we just go, nope, that's not going to happen. And so we shut it down where they're trying to get us to go against each other. Um, and because we understand, too, our relationship also influences their relationship with each other and the way they perceive other relationships. As parents, you are the number one influence on your kids when it comes to relationships. And so what's happening in the home really matters. Okay, any thoughts about that? I should add, too, that's not always easy. And sometimes we're still not on the same page. And then we have to go have a conversation somewhere else where the kids can't hear it to get on the same page. And then we can go back to whatever it is they needed. Yep. All right, so that first one is making sure we maintain a relationship with us as parents, with our kids. The second one is a really important one, we think, is the idea of maintaining and influencing their relationship with God. One of the primary responsibilities, and and we don't think about this anymore because most of you guys, you walked in the building, and you checked your kid in, you sent them to kids' church, and you're like, good luck, right? Teach them about Jesus, right? Because they need it. And uh, so that's the thing. Or like you said in middle school and high school, and you're like with Spencer, like, yeah, good luck, buddy. And so, uh, you know— you have that attitude, but what we see in the Bible, but also throughout history, is the primary influencer of kid or kids and their faith has been parents, how they're investing. And this is really important because um, it can be one thing to provide for your kids food, clothing, and education for the first two decades of their life, but to actually introduce them to the creator of the universe. Um, and some of us don't feel like we do a very good job of that ourselves, and so we feel intimidated when it comes to our kids to influence them. Um, And and so one of the things we talk about is when it comes to our kids is what do we want for them? One of the biggest things, and I'll tell you this, and and you may disagree, you're wrong. You can't make your kid become a Christian. You can't make your kid have a relationship with Jesus. That is their choice they have to make. And the number one influence of whether they think a relationship with Jesus is important in their life and it's going to be a healthy addition in their life is you. It's true. And so what do I want for them? My end goal for them is that they want to have the faith that I have and the relationship with God that I have, but I can't make that. And so where are they in that process, and how do we help them in those steps? And so what do you think about that? Yeah, um, I think because I've worked in schools forever, and um, one of, like, the, I guess, key teaching strategies is modeling. So, like in math, you'd do a math problem on the board and you'd walk them through it. Um, And in the same way, your kids are watching you and they're seeing how you handle your highs and how you respond to that, how you handle the lows, how you respond to that, and they're watching. Um, And so, in a sense, we're always modeling for our kids. Uh, But what goes with that is you don't just work the math problem. While you're doing it, you're explaining what your thinking is. And I think that's a step that we sometimes forget, or I know I do, um, I know that they're watching me, and I do remember that usually, but 
to actually be intentional about the conversations that you have with your kid, especially as they get older, um, and you're telling them, like, well, this is why I do this, and, and maybe you're telling them about questions that you have or um, things that you've been through where you really relied on God, and I think that is huge um, as far as talking about them owning their own faith. They're going to have questions. You wouldn't want them to go through life just believing everything they ever heard about Jesus was true. You want them to ask. And I think just setting up a place where they feel comfortable asking and having those, and they can be super awkward, conversations about faith and, and being willing to say, well, I don't really know that, so let's figure it out together is totally fine. Um, but just that conversation, opening that lane of conversation. Yeah, I think one of the big things, too, is patience with your kids. Uh, obviously, we should be patient with our kids, but especially on their faith journeys. Um, I know a lot of people that just like, oh, they're seven now. They got to get baptized. Well, why? Because you heard some sermon about the age of accountability, which isn't in the Bible, by the way. And so like, now you think they have to get baptized. Well, no, you got to be patient with them. Um, one of the things we talk about, too, a lot in parenting, but also in faith is, and you guys know this, so I'm just going to go ahead and say it. The model of do as I say, not as I do doesn't work, Right. It doesn't matter what you say. What they're watching is your lifestyle, the way you live your life. They're watching where you invest your time and your energy and your effort. And you are, I'm telling you, I cannot emphasize this, you are the primary influence on your kids when it comes to relationships they build, including the one with God. And, and so you're the positive and the negative. And, and so like we talk about, we joked last service, I'm not going to tell you the story. I'll tell you privately if you want to know. But um couple weeks ago, we're on a walk, and we hear Elliot say a word, and it was not a word that was appropriate to say, and he goes, well, where did you hear that? And he goes, that guy, and pointed right at me. <laughs> now, yeah, so, you know, you're in this moment, you're like, okay, now this is not a word that I regularly use, I promise, but it was a time where he heard me say this word, and so um, we had to talk through that, you know, so they pick up on that stuff, but the other thing is, so that's a negative example, but also the positive. So, for example, um, and I don't know how you guys feel about this, but we talk about this. I always apologize to my kids when I blow it. So a couple weeks ago, I blew it big time with them. I went up to them, not in the moment. I went up to them the next day and specifically took time to talk to them individually and said, hey, last night this happened. You saw this. That's my fault. I'm sorry that this happened. I should not have done this. And I made sure to apologize to both of them individually. This is really important because I do know parents that refuse when they blow it to apologize to their kids. Forgiveness is a natural part of life. You're going to blow it. They're going to blow it. Everybody's going to blow it. And what we want to do when our kids mess up is, yes, discipline, all that stuff is part of it. We want to acknowledge it. We want to show empathy and say, oh, I'm so sorry this has happened. This is the consequence for this happening. But we also want to make sure that we're offering them grace. And when we mess up, we want to make sure that we're kind of walking through the steps of how we messed up um, as people. And so the positive and the negative, um, that, that really plays a, a role in their faith journey. Um, and, and so we got to make sure as parents, and I don't know where you're at on your faith journey or anything like that, but we just got to be honest about those things and open about those things. Um, admit when we messed up, um, but then, then go from there. So anything, any other thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think our kids have kind of pushed me as far as my own faith just because of the questions that they, he said earlier. Paxton has a lot of questions. She's like, question, 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 other question. And so um, 
it makes you like, okay, well, I, bet I should probably figure this out. Why don't I know this? I should have asked that question to begin with. So I think that it is important to, you know, be transparent, but also that you are working at your own faith because, again, they're watching, and if you don't have a solid understanding or just a belief, then there's no way that you'll be able to pass that on. And the worst thing you can do for your kids, by the way, is if you don't know the answer, don't make one up. Don't. Because I've had so many lessons with kids in the past, and they'll be like, well, my parents said this, and I'm parents, your parents have not read the Bible, apparently, because that is not true at all. And so don't make it up. Say, hey, I don't know. Hey, let's find out together. Let's look in this together. And, and that is just really interesting way for you to show your faith, but also to answer the question and work at it together. Um, one more thing. Let me get in trouble real quick with a lot of people in this room real quick. So I'll just do it, and then we'll be done with it. Um, one of the things I see a trend of in church sometimes is this that we're busy, we're busy, we want our kids to have all these experiences, all of these things. We want them to be on the team, we want them to cheer, we want them to dance, we want them to play baseball, we want them to play soccer, we want them to be in this club, we want them to be in that club, we want them to have this experience, this experience, experience. you know, it's been a busy week, so we're going to go to the lake, we're going to go to the boat, we're going to go on vacation, we're going to do all this stuff, go, 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 go. And what happens sometimes is this, we're going all of the time because we've invested in those things, we've paid money to be in those things, we've paid to have experiences. And so we're going, 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 and then Sunday morning comes up, and we're tired. And we look at our kids, and we say, you know what? We're just not going to go to church today because we're just going to rest. We're just going to stay home. What have you just communicated to your kids? That all of this other stuff is really important because we've invested in it, because it's a part of this experience we want to have. But then when it comes to church, it's like, if we feel like it, if it's not raining, if the parking lot isn't terrible this morning, right, whatever the situation, then we'll go to church, but only if we feel like it. You may think you are communicating more to your kids about faith than you realize. And so you can email me if you don't agree with me, and that's okay. So uh, here's the thing. So then the last one, and this is the one we're going to spend a little bit of time on. Um, one of the things we get so much pushback when I talk to people about is the influence of relationships with people outside their home. Um, if you are a teenager, if you have teenagers, you know this is the big, the, the trouble point for a lot of us is the influence they have outside the home, whether it's other adults or other kids. Uh, let me show you this verse. It's in Proverbs thirteen twenty. I think it's going to come up. It says this: Walk with the wise and become. All right, it's not. All right, walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. Right? It's true. If you allow people in your life that are unwise, you will make unwise decisions. And so were your children. Your friends, and you know this, will determine the direction and quality of your life. Your parents will always be your biggest influence, but your friends and the people that you choose to allow into your life, they will be determine the direction and quality of your life. And so we have to ask the question, who are we allowing to influence our kids when it comes to these relationships outside the home? Now, hear your thoughts on that. So I kind of think about this on the flip side of it and the positive. Um, we have been so fortunate to have so many people in our life, family and friends that are like family, that my kids listen to, that they respect, that they love. And I know that it, there's coming a day, and Paxson's already hit that day, where some of the stuff I say she thinks is just ridiculous because I'm her mom. But there's other people that are not ridiculous because it's not me. And if they say it, it's cool. So I am so grateful for those people. And we have intentionally um, exposed our kids to these people. And 
you know, been around them a lot so our kids feel comfortable. And I think that's so important. And kind of going off from that, not really related to parenting at all, but if you've ever had a chance to be that person for a kid or a teenager, it is the best. And I know there's some of you in here that have had that experience. And to know that, like, you're the person that they come to or that they trust you, um, there is not a lot more rewarding than that. And I would encourage you, if you have friends, if even if it's just here, hit up Kara or Spencer and get involved because kids are looking for people to talk to. And even if you don't feel cool, they'll eventually get past that. And once they realize you're invested, I feel like they trust you and it's just wonderful. Yeah, I think we've learned we need other people saying things to our kids that aren't us because they can't hear it because it's us. But the same person could say something that's not us and all of a sudden now they understand what's being said. And so it's really important to intentionally do that. Um, it's also important, a couple of lessons I learned uh, from my growing up, two of them. Uh, one of them was, you know, I had friends that my mom didn't like growing up. And so she never 100% told me I couldn't hang out with them. But if we were going to hang out, guess where we were hanging out? Our house, where she could monitor everything that was going on. Um, the other thing my mom did, you know, and, and this is going to be unpopular, and so let me just say it, and, and you can disagree, and this one you can disagree with, but I see this becoming more and more of a problem. Um, one of the things that's happening a lot is that a lot of parents will say, you know, well, I don't have any because we want control, and so we got to give our kids their privacy, all right? There was no privacy in my house, right, because I wasn't paying the mortgage, right? And so if my mom wanted to take the door off, she'd take the door off, right? And at the time, I hated it. I hated all this situation, but it was the idea of she knows that I'm inviting these things into her home, and she knows that I'm a kid. I'm not smart enough to know how dangerous some of these things are. And so there wasn't privacy because it was in her home. It was their house. And we have already talked about with our kids, like, that's the way we're going to go. Listen, there isn't privacy. Here's the thing. Think about you, just, just for if you can, just imagine 16-year-old you. Were you ready to make important decisions that determine the quality of your life? No, you were an idiot, right? So was I. All right, and so we need people, especially our parents. The other thing I see that's more and more of a trend is these things are getting kids in so much trouble. And we've already talked about, you know, the day is coming when we're going to get our kids probably a cell phone because that's what everybody does, but that's probably not the best parenting advice either. But um, the thing is, is listen, people are like, well, I can't control what they text, what they do, what social media. Yes, you can. Are they paying the bill? Did they buy the device? No, then it's yours. And you're allowing them to use it. And they can use it as long as they can use it responsibly. But guess what? At the end of the night, if I were to say, give me your phone, I'm looking at those texts, guess who's looking at those texts? Because they don't realize how damaging. We don't realize how damaging. Because we've all been in situations where we've sent things and immediately regretted it, right? Because in that moment, we thought that was a good thing. But then we realized, no, that wasn't so smart. And so we have to make sure that as parents, that even when we have to be the bad guy, that we're doing it with relationship in mind and also because we're trying to invest in our kids and realize they might not be ready to make some of these choices um, on their own, all right? So he who walks with the wise become wise, and he who's the fool, guess what? You're going to become a fool. Now, just want you take a minute and explain, we have a little bit more time in the service, a little bit about uh, the heart because I know that's really important to you. Okay, um, so there's this verse. It's Proverbs 4.23. There we go. No. Uh, wrong quote. That's Sorry. Next slide. Yeah. Almost. 
There we go. All right. Uh, I didn't know that was going to happen last time. I was like, oh. Uh, so it is above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. And um, for whatever reason, the last year, this has just kind of been on my mind personally about me. But then when we were talking about parenting, I was like, dang, this applies here a lot. So um, in my own life, this is important as far as like what I'm watching, what I'm listening to, how I'm spending my time. Um, there's another verse. Don't put it up if it is. I don't know if it's there, but don't put it up. Um, but it's the one about um, whatever is good and lovely and pure. Think about those things. And that verse um, kind of ties in with this for me. And I really have tried to kind of like, if it's not good, I don't want to spend my time on it. Even if it's not bad. It's just, if it's not good, I just feel like, like you said, everybody's so busy and our time is so limited. So I want to spend my time on good things. Um, and so the same goes for my kids. As a mom, it is my instinct, and I would say any parent in here, it is your instinct to guard your kid's heart. So the Bible tells us guard our own hearts, yeah, but, well, heck, yeah, I'm going to guard my kid's heart. So that might mean limiting what they see and what they look at. It might mean um, when they are exposed to things that I'm with them and that we're having conversations about it so that they understand it. I see so many kids exposed to so much that they don't understand and nobody's talking to them about it. They're just, it's out there and they're seeing it. Um, so like guarding their heart in the way of understanding why is that not okay and how do we feel about these things? Um, I just feel like this is huge. And if this was everybody's just on our forefront, like if I could just guard their hearts, I feel like our kids are all going to be better for it because we will have guided them and kind of led them along the way. And I mean, like you said, you can't control everything, but if, if we're trying, then it certainly can't hurt. Well, I think guarding their hearts too means you're not creating bubble boy here. You know what I'm saying? Like we're not, but, but when things come up and they are exposed, I love what you said, like we have conversations about it because there's so many things our kids get exposed to, and just because it's awkward, we just don't want to talk about it. But, like, to be able to talk about it and say, hey, this is what happened, and explain to them why that may or may not be a good thing. And the other thing is why that may or may not be a good thing depending on what stage of life that they're in, right? There's things as adults that we can engage in that kids have no business because they don't understand the context of what's happening. And so uh, that's really important to make sure we're doing that. So for us, what we think is really important is the idea of relationship with our kids, investing in them and in their future, relationship with God and making sure that we're being honest about that, realizing it's what we do. Listen, it is not what you say. Do not quote Bible verses to your kids, okay, if you're not going to be willing to follow those ideas yourself, okay? It's what you do that has the biggest influence. And then lastly, learning to monitor the influences outside of their home. And that means you invite certain people into their life that you know will influence them in a positive way. And that means, and I know you cannot control who their friends are, but you can control to a certain point environments in which they engage with those people, okay? And this is really important because these are our kids, and this is the future for us. It's the future for our cultures, our communities, and so we want to make sure that we're doing everything we can to invest in them. Now, let me say this. You guys are doing a good job. You really are. It's tough. It's hard. It's frustrating. It's all of the words you can describe to be a parent sometimes. But it's also super important, and it's the thing that you've been entrusted with by God. And so we want to make sure we take it seriously, openly, and honestly. And so with that said, make sure you're investing in your kids, investing in their relationships to help us all move forward. So let's pray. Father God, we love you. We thank you. We thank you for this day. We thank you for what it means. We thank you for all of the mothers in the room that have invested in us, that have created a relationship with us. 
And God, we would not be the people we are without the mothers and the grandmothers and, and even just the adults that have stepped in and played those roles, the adults that have stepped in and mentored us, the adults that have stepped in and coached us and done all of these things, God, that, that help us become the people that we are. And so, God, we thank you for those people. We thank you for the investments they've made in us. God, my prayer is that as parents, um, as role models, you give us um, wisdom we need, strength we need to have the hard, honest conversations. You give us the strength we need to parent well, uh, the, the strength that we need not to exasperate, to not to blow off, um, blow up all the time, but to actually invest in our kids relationally. And God, I pray that in all of this, we become as parents the humans that you create us to become, and we're raising the human beings that you created us and you've entrusted us with, God. So we love you and we thank you. In the Son's name we pray. Amen.